Hello, this is the audio version of the Better Strangers Book Rex article for today, Monday, May 1st. Happy May Day. Uh, it is read and written by me, Matt Hirschberger. The book I'm recommending today is A Psalm for the Wild Built by Becky Chambers. Uh, the links in the article go to Bookshop. It's affiliate link, which means if you buy through there, I get a small kickback, which is a great way of supporting me. And also Bookshop allows you to go through your local bookstore rather than going through Amazon. So if you can do that, then definitely do that. Last week, on the recommendation of a friend and a bunch of TikTok commenters, I read A Psalm for the Wild Built, Becky Chambers' single-sitting solar punk novella. I'm going to do a quick break here with a photo of the book and use that gap to warn you that there are mild spoilers below. It shouldn't ruin your reading of the book, as it's not that kind of book, but if you plan on reading it, maybe close out and come back to this article later. The book is set in a future where humanity decided to radically change course after all of the robots in all of the factories decided to put down their tools and leave humanity behind, instead escaping into the wild. On the shock of this event, humanity transitioned from an industrialized society to a sustainable one, leaving half the earth for wilderness and nature, and adopting renewable energy and egalitarian politics to support this new society. I do not particularly want to give much away about the book. It can be read in an afternoon with plenty of time left for chores, except to say that it's a warm hug of a novella, which you feel the second you read the dedication, which is for anybody who could use a break. But there was something in the book that floored me, and I wanted to, wanted to discuss it here. This quote, incidentally, is the closest it gets to a spoiler, though hopefully it's deprived of enough context that it won't give anything away. And the quote is, Dex turned the mug over and over in their hands. It doesn't bother you, Dex said, the thought that your life might mean nothing in the end. That's true for all life I've observed. Why would it bother me? Mosscap's eyes glowed brightly. Do you not find consciousness alone to be the most exhilarating thing? Here we are in this incomprehensibly large universe, and in all this time this scenario has existed, every component has been recycled over and over and over again into infinitely incredible configurations, and sometimes those configurations are special enough to be able to see the world around them. You and I, we're just atoms that arrange themselves the right way, and we can understand that about ourselves. Is that not amazing? End quote. One Lifelong Existential Crisis when I left the Catholic Church in my teens, I entered a prolonged existential crisis, which I have never fully emerged from. I was convinced that Catholicism was bad and wrong, but I didn't really have anything to replace it with, so I cast about for other ideologies that I could operate off of, trying out Christopher Hitchens-style anti-theism, then nihilism, then Camus absurdism, then existentialism, and then the weird amal amalgamation of Taoism and paganism that I'm currently in. I even spent four years in logotherapy, which is a form of psychotherapy that focuses on constructing some sort of meaning in your life. The whole thing has frankly sucked and has been a core component in fueling my decade-long struggle with depression. This desperate clawing for meaning has left me simultaneously exhausted and restless, and now, in my late 30s, I've come to suspect that it's all a trick anyway, that man's search for meaning isn't, in the end, all that important. What has changed has been a few things. First, I've come to accept that, when it comes to career trajectories, I am congenitally aimless. I just don't have a single thing I want to do. I like learning about all sorts of different things, and I flip from one to another reliably every few years. This is unlike my wife, who has known what she wanted, that she wanted to work in politics since she was 14, and has pursued that goal tenaciously and successfully ever since. I spend a good deal of, a good deal of time kicking myself for not having that sort of focus. I think now that this was something that I maybe internalized from society as a whole. Capitalism likes specialists, not generalists, but a healthy society needs both. The second thing that changed was psychedelic drugs. 
I've never been a pothead, but since my state legalized weed, I've taken an edible maybe once a month. It has become one of the most reliably nice experiences I get to have, and not because I tune out the world, but because I actually get to feel like I'm in it for a while. Depression and anxiety are, for me are like a haze. My mind is always running through 17 different worries at the same time. And with edibles, I actually focus on just the music I'm listening to, the food I'm eating, or the feel of my body on the bed. For me, it is a monthly reminder to just be present. Even on days I don't take an edible, the memory of being in that moment is closer at hand, and I can, from time to time, just put down the idea that I need to be useful. Meaning versus meaninglessness. There are still things that give my life meaning. I still have professional goals regarding my writing. I have goals in my relationships. I have goals as a parent and as a member of my community. But I've also been slow in coming to terms with meaninglessness and how that concept, which once so terrified me, does not have to be terrifying. Because if, if, at the end of all of this, none of it really mattered, if it's an inevitability, if it's an inevitability, boo, that's a tongue twister, if it's an inevitability that someday I'll be totally forgotten, then I am kind of totally free. I can just enjoy the feel of my feet on the grass, or the smell of my son's hair, or the taste of beer cheese on a sourdough pretzel. This feels different to me than nihilism, which was a sense that nothing mattered. This feeling to me is that some things matter, but they might just matter to me and not be imbued with cosmic universal meaning. And that's fine. It means that nothing matters quite so much that, if I were to fail to achieve it, I could count my life as a failure. And that gives me a little more space to breathe and just enjoy the smell of my son's hair. That is it for today. Um, logotherapy, if you're any interested in any interested in it, man, I got tongue twisters today. If you're interested in the concept of logotherapy, a good place to start is Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning, which is, uh, he was a Holocaust survivor who talked about the people who survived the Holocaust weren't necessarily the strongest, but the people who had something to live for and really fought for that the entire time. So uh, if you're interested in that concept, it's definitely worth checking out, and Frankl's book is a really good place to start. Um, but that's it for today, and I will see you guys on th Wednesday.